All right, good afternoon, everybody. It's Maria Daniels here with another episode of Successfully Chaotic. And I have a great guest today, David. Uh, we were chatting just briefly before we went live. And um, he was telling me a little bit about some things I've actually been talking to a lot of you all about for a while now, just you know, entrepreneurship and how a lot of times we can get to a place where we feel like we need to step back you know, briefly for a little bit and take on less instead of trying to do more. But I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to David for a minute and let him just kind of introduce himself and give you all a little sneak peek about a little of what he does. Well, my name is David Summerfleck. Um, I was in the marketing, digital marketing space. I still am for about 25 years working for different marketing and advertising agencies. I started off as a web developer, then I got into copywriting, then that got me into SEO and then mobile design, then e-commerce. And finally, I became a project manager overseeing more broad, larger projects for corporations and large nonprofits. Well, that's pretty awesome. I know I have experience in the digital marketing space as well. And it can be a, obviously a very diverse industry. Um, and I know a lot of people will, and you can tell me your experience, but I'm going to tell you for me for a second is a lot of people will call me and they'll ask me specific questions about, you know, this type of marketing and that type of marketing. And I try sure. to explain to them just how vast it's almost like a spectrum. We say spectrum for a lot of things, digital marketing, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but digital marketing is very much a spectrum and we all have kind of our niches and specialties within that broad term. Um, you mentioned SEO and web development. So is that what you would consider your niche? Well, let's unpack what you said, because it's like you, as you indicated, I think it, it's quite a lot. Yes. The average business owner or entrepreneur will say, hey, look, I want to be number one in Google. I want to attract more of my ideal customers or clients. I want to increase revenue. These are all um, appropriate goals. Nothing wrong with that. The problem always is in the execution. And um, what I do personally and professionally is more of a holistic overall approach because you can't take SEO, e-commerce, content marketing, uh, what else is there? PPC, which is pay-per-click, short for paid advertising. You have content marketing, con content repurposing. There's mobile design. All of these elements have to work as part of the larger whole or else what happens is you don't really get the opportunity to outrank competitors, which is what SEO, search engine optimization, is all about. So what usually happens is that people who are new to digital marketing or online marketing will focus instead on the lowest hanging fruit. So I'll go to your free do-it-yourself or template builder of the month, get a free template, and then wonder why am I not number one in Google? How come my phone isn't ringing? And I could tell you many stories like that um, from lawyers to large organizations that had that same experience. I've seen it hundreds of times, if not thousands of times, where you'd feel bad for the business owner. But it's almost like um, what they call repetition compulsion in psychology, where you keep doing the same thing repetitively, hoping for different outcomes. 
a free do-it-yourself template is not meant to accelerate business growth or give you a professional online presence. It's meant to give you a taste of what it could be. And then you can purchase these incremental elements like we just mentioned in bits and pieces, right? That's really not the way effective digital marketing is supposed to work. It's supposed to work like a rotating circle so that you have all these different elements. Like they say in, um, in automotive where everything's firing, all the pistons are firing. So I write a blog post. It has appropriate SEO. It has mobile design. It's got, you know, links to my e-commerce services or products and so on. Does that kind of make sense the way I'm saying it? No, absolutely. And I think that's perfect. I think that you're kind of painting this picture for people out there that maybe own businesses right now, but they don't really understand the world of digital marketing. Right. Um, I, I, and it is. It's hard to understand for a lot of people, even people in the marketing space. My personal um, niche is creative marketing. My personal personal niche is not digital marketing. Now, my team, as I built my business, like if you was to look at all my team, more of us specialize in digital marketing. That's how we kind of became well, you know, doing that more. But I am a creative marketer. So I just want to kind of paint that out there for people that I think it's important to kind of talk about these things because it could be, you know, it's a lot to try to understand. That's why you need professionals. Well, let's, let's be clear. Anybody who does digital marketing, first of all, it should be creative oh. marketing. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like, a, you know, the, the old saying, you know, I, I, in college, I pursued a degree in creative writing. Well, to me, all writing should be creative. Otherwise, why are you doing oh, it? Oh, absolutely. If you have nothing to say. So all marketing should be creative because your goal is to look at the business like a Rubik's Cube and say, how can I take what this business does on all these different levels and build it through digital media? which is video, SEO, web design, uh, blog posts, you know, videos. There's so much that you can do. People get lost in the weeds mm -hmm. where how much is a website? How much is SEO? How much is e-commerce? Well, I have a website. How do I go buy SEO? It doesn't work that way. It's a service that goes on over time. So, you know, you can't take a business and make them number one in Google overnight. It usually takes at least several months. And a lot of that base really depends upon their local competition, their uh, ability to scale and accommodate growth. So all marketing should be creative. And when I use the term digital marketing, it's I'm talking about using online marketing, but also mm -hmm. using digital tools. So in other words, nothing is held back and everything should work in unison. I 100% agree. And I love that you kind of clarified that because I, I agree. Now I have had experience with working with people that specialize in specific areas. Right, right. Their specialty is definitely not the creative side. I kind of like, I'll take their genius brain. I'll be like, well, let's do it a little like this. Let's put some pizzazz on it. I sprinkle my fairy dust on it. That's my specialty. But um, there's a problem with that approach. The yeah. problem, the problem with that approach is let's say I want to hire an SEO expert, Right. Now, the SEO expert may or may not be proficient in content marketing and know what I should be writing Absolutely. about and whom I should be writing ideally focused 
toward, right? So if I'm going to hire somebody online, let's say Fiverr Upwork, who is an SEO expert, just as an example, I have to be able to guide that SEO expert. Therein lies the problem. If you're a business owner or an, or an entrepreneur or even a hobbyist, unless you're already an expert, you won't know what to tell the SEO guru to do. If I hire a graphic designer to work on something, I have to be very specific on the branding. What do I want? Why do I want it? What purpose? They only do exactly what you tell them to the way you tell them to do it. And, and that's really a key, um, key component here when you work with someone who's highly specialized. No, I 100% agree. And I think that, I think that's why it's great to work with revolving teams. Um, there's nothing wrong. I'm not dissing Fiverr or Upwork or um, any of those, you know, places to be able to find people. But I, you know, personally, I really love creating that team and you figure out where each other's strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and even I, I, I would assume that you have a team that you work with, whether they're in-house or people that you've worked with on a regular basis, you, you kind of develop, it's, it's a relationship. It really is. And I know, you know, in the business world, um, we don't talk about relationships a lot, but you do develop that trust, that give and take, even within the business setting. And that transfers over to the product that the client's getting. So I love that you clarified that. Um, I do want to ask you, you um, you're an author. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey, that your book and kind of what that's all about? What was the first part of the question? I didn't hear that first part. Oh, that's fine. You're you're uh, you're an author, so you can you tell us about your book and a little bit about that. How did that come about? Sure. Well, I went to college uh, to earn a BA in English with an emphasis in creative writing. Originally, mm -hmm. while I was in college, I worked several internships and anybody listening or watching, you know, who is in college, I recommend you work as many internships as you can. Don't do any for free, God help you. But you want to get you want to either get college credit or get books paid for or get compensated or all of the above. I'm not a big fan of working for free. I don't think it's valued. But um, I worked several internships. And when I graduated, I already knew that I would go to marketing agencies, applying copywriting and writing. So I worked for marketing agencies right out of college. And I worked for them for so many, many years. And then in between those positions, I also worked as a freelancer. So, you know, I lost track of how many business owners or clients I, I've talked to over all these, these years. And I found that I was getting the same questions over and over again. It didn't matter if it was, you know, 1995 or 2005 or 2021. People were asking the same things over and over again from the same perspective. So I wanted to put together a book that would address what I felt were the most common problems that small business owners, new business owners, entrepreneurs, those new to online marketing, what they encountered and what they were asking. So the purpose of the book, it's a workbook. And the purpose of it is to take you from the perspective of being completely new. I have, okay. you know, I'm new to all of this online marketing. I don't know any of the terminology or what I should be doing or why. And the goal is to take you from that perspective 
to the final point where you're more fully informed, you have some direction for your content, for your branding and your design, but also you have a organized digital marketing business plan that you could take with you to a bank or credit union if you want to look for a loan. And by the same token, if you're going to talk to uh, these VCs or what they call angel investors, I call them little devils. But if you're going to talk to them, they're going to ask you the same things that a bank or credit union is going to ask you. How do we know that you're committed? How do we know that you've thought this through? How do we know that you're capable of generating any traction with this? Other than it just being an idea, which anybody and everybody can have. Well, and I think that's good. And I love that you called them little. I'm not a big, and I'm not, for, for anybody, anybody out there that are investors, I'm not singling you out, but me personally, I am. I'm not a fan. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm taking on investors. I, in the past, I've had, you know, people who wanted to invest in different things and it, it, back to that relationship, it is a relationship and that point. It is like, like a marriage, just like a marriage. That is a big commitment that I think not enough business owners kind of look into that. That is a, for me, it's too big of a commitment. There's too many issues, too many problems. I do want to kind of throw that out there. I thought that was funny that you caught them that. <laughs> yeah. They're little doubles because they, they are always going to take a part of whatever you may already have. Yeah. Uh, if it's if you're a new business and you have no equity, then they're going to want uh, your house or your cars or yes. whatever type of collateral you have in case it goes belly up. Because statistically, the failure rate for new businesses is in the 90 percentile. And I don't think anybody has done any research since COVID began. So the failure rate for a new business today in the U.S. is going to be in the very high 90 percentile. And statistically, businesses don't really begin to show profits that are measurable where they can actually invest in marketing to grow exponentially until year number five. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, you know, with we we've kind of briefly mentioned um, at the beginning, just the idea of entrepreneurs taking on too much. And we talked about a little bit about burnout and all those things, but I think, you know, that that is a very large part of um, why at least some businesses fail, because I know I've talked to people who have had businesses in the past that are starting new businesses and coming to me for consulting work and such. And, you know, that's a big, I guess, fear and concern for their future businesses. They've been there before. They know it. And the burnout is real. You know, they take on too much. And as an entrepreneur, you're wearing 15 hats and doing all the things until you can get to the point where you can start delegating and bringing people in. Well, so, I mean, can you want to kind of discuss about that a little bit? Well, I'd like to unpack failure because nobody ever talks about mm -hmm. that. When you watch these podcasts on YouTube and and I'm not singling anybody out in particular because they're, they're far too many. But I mean, if you look at these magical self-help gurus and all these podcasts, make a million dollars with no money overnight and everything, life doesn't work that way. Business certainly doesn't work that way. There are no shortcuts in life, in relationships, or in business. You get out what you put in. It's called cause and effect. And I think in business, once you failed... And it, it's nobody likes it. Nobody likes the way it feels, but you learn a lot from it. And the same is true for relationships too. If you failed 
then you have that 2020 hindsight that you can refer to what went wrong, why did it go wrong? How can I make sure that doesn't happen again? Because that hurt, you know? Um, And I think that's really important that business owners and entrepreneurs, even if you're completely new, you own your failure and be proud of it and go back and do an autopsy of it and find out what went wrong. Why did it go wrong? And anybody who tells you they never failed, they're either extremely new or lying. And I mean, I had a a nonprofit business that was absolutely horrendous from day number one. It, it failed. And uh, thank God it it didn't, it didn't fail miserably. Uh, At best, it broke even. But it was, um, it was a nonprofit mediation organization that I started a long time ago. And I had some experience in mediation, I believed in it, and I enjoyed doing it. And I really liked being able to help people who are struggling and not have to go to court and resolve issues. So that was the idea. Of course, we had a beautiful custom website because I made it. It had local SEO that outranked all the competitors because there were no competitors locally to outrank. The problem that I was aware of, but decided I could overlook it, that I could outpace it, that I could overcome it, was the fact that there was a lot of resistance in local court systems toward mediation. They wanted you to go to court and duke it out with lawyers because everybody stood to gain more uh, financially. And there's more drama to going to court and arguing and fighting and, you know, in front of the judge and everything. Um, You can't really negotiate. And yes, of course, you can lose everything financially. But nonetheless, it lasted for a couple of years. And after a couple of years, one day my wife came in and just said, this isn't fun. You're not enjoying this. You know, you're going to talk to people about child custody and divorces that are very messy and, you know, and you come home stressed out and everything and it's breaking even. Let's take it behind the tool shed and end it and find something that you really enjoy that you would do whether it made money or not. And that's when I started uh, my small agency. That was me, my wife, and a handful of remote uh, staff who I could refer to if and when I needed them. And I owned that failure. I didn't rub my nose in it, but I really wanted to learn everything I could from it. And I think it's important. I agree. And I think that's a huge thing. Um, We talk a lot (laughs) on this show about struggles and failures. And it's not because I want to be pessimistic. I don't. I'm very optimistic. But it's because, like you mentioned, I I needed to hear that back whenever I was going through my own failures. And I kept thinking it was just me. I'm like looking around for anybody else that, that, you know, that way I didn't feel like such a failure. You know, I was failing, but I didn't want to feel like a failure, you know, because those are two different things. Yeah. You don't really have insight. Yeah. You really don't have insight until you have felt pain and humiliation and been knocked down to your knees. When that happens and you get back up again, you get insight you get insight based on real world applied knowledge that people who 
you know, if you just watch videos, if you only look at blog posts and, and podcasts, you you don't get the full robust knowledge of saying, you know, yeah, I went out there and I started a business and here's what happened. And also, I don't remember exactly when this was, but that was the point at which I felt that I could become a business mentor for different nonprofit organizations. Because at first I thought, well, I, I don't know if I could really do this. You know, they're going to know everything or they say they do. And um, I think I reached that point, uh, you know, after having my agency for a while and getting to the point where I was comfortable that I could finally go and, and go to different nonprofit organizations like the U S small business administration and some other ones. And just say, I'm going to be a mentor. And if they disagreed, that's fine. But I have, have had these experiences. So it gives you that certain sense of confidence of standing, you know, squarely when you say, if you disagree, that's beautiful, but I've been through this. And I've lived this and I've seen this happen in hundreds and hundreds of people who've lost everything. You know, I remember there were some ladies who contacted me through a nonprofit uh, for mentoring. They had invested tens of thousands of dollars. They wouldn't even say exactly how much that they had invested in a furniture business online. And they actually had a warehouse that they were renting to store all this furniture. Wow. Right. And they were interior designers too. And I asked them how much they were bleeding, how much money they were losing per month. They didn't want to say. So every day that they were open, they're losing more and more and more money. Every month they're losing what to the average person would be close to an, an annual income. So, you know, to try to get them to recognize the failure and get real about it, then I could get them to put aside their ego and say, it hasn't worked. Are you willing to try some new processes and new procedures to try to turn this around? Well, and I think that's that's an important thing to kind of mention and talk about a little bit because, you know, we start a business because of the one or two things we do amazingly and we figure out really quickly that we don't do all the things amazingly. And you mentioned shame. I think with a lot of business owners, especially if it's their first experience with, you know, failures in business, they think it's just them, right? They think it's like, oh, maybe I'm not cut out for this or maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And it's not that. You know, we again, we start a business because of the things we do great. So that's where you bring in experts in different areas. You bring in accountability partners, mentors, mm. whatever the case may be, to point out some of these areas where we're maybe not doing the best at, right? Well, yeah. And I think what you were saying about the business being for themselves, you know, with, with the ladies who had the furniture warehouse, as I can remember it, I don't think they had children. I don't think they had dependents. So if they lost everything, it was just impacting themselves. Yeah. But the funny thing is, and it's really not very funny, if you have children or dependents and people who are counting on you to literally put food on the table or pay the rent or pay the mortgage, then it's really incumbent upon you. And I mean, and if you take those responsibilities seriously, 
and really see this as something that matters to you. I made a commitment to my wife when we got married, you know, being broke, being homeless, sleeping in the car. That's not an option. That's not a game to me. That's non-negotiable. So I was willing to do whatever it would take to first make sure that the rent was being paid, then make sure that there's always food on the table, then make sure that we bam up enough to pay months in advance, then make sure that we can buy gourmet food, that we have more money than we need. We can buy all kinds of treats and surprises and what have you and go on trips and everything. But at that rudimentary level, at that basic level, failure is not an option because other people are counting on you. So you have to take it very, very seriously and really learn to scale methodically and do whatever you got to do. You know, pride is a luxury for, for many, many people. And I think it's really, really important to take that into consideration when people talk about online marketing where they, there's a profound disconnect because it's online. Many people see what they do online is not real almost or insubstantial. You know, I created this website, but nobody's calling me. Well, why not? What are you yeah. doing? What are you doing to change that equation? What are you willing to sacrifice in order to get what you want? If you're not willing to spend $3,000 to make 30000 then there's a problem with that, that um, lack of faith in the business itself. No, and, I agree. You know, yeah, and I mean, for me, that was when I started my agency, my LLC. Uh, I remember there were lean times. There were times I didn't know what was going to happen, but I did know that we're not going to be sleeping in the car. That's not an option. We're not going to not be able to pay the rent. So I'll do whatever I have to do. And I remember I was working full time at a marketing agency and in the evenings and on weekends, I was teaching boot camps and workshops at every library and coffee shop and cafe I could possibly find. So to say I was grinding was an understatement and I'm, picking up clients online. I'm working as a freelancer. So I was doing work that I enjoyed doing, but it was at a pace that I wouldn't want to do again. No. And you mentioned grind. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a term. It's kind of one of those things that it's necessary in different parts of your yeah. business, but it, you can't live there, right? You can't live in that grind hustle mentality. No, it just, it just doesn't work. And I, so I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, when people talk about hustle mentality, you know, I mean, it's this mythology that if you just work a little bit harder, things will somehow turn around. Well, if what you're doing now isn't working and you do more of it, what are you going to do? And, and, and then what? If you make more money, what would you do then? Are you going to invest it into infrastructure like uh, Amazon is legendary for doing? Or are you going to go and spend it on, you know, uh, treats and vacations and what have you, you know, go party? Uh, there's nothing wrong with doing those things, but you have to do everything in its right order and in its right place, just like digital marketing. If I create a website and it has no SEO or incorrect SEO, it doesn't do much for anybody. If I don't have any any content for my website when it goes live, what good does that do me 
Google has nothing to index. If it won't work on my smartphone, what's the point? So you have to take all of these things into consideration. Hustle mentality is marketing. It's basic marketing 101, um, you know, where they're telling you this pie in the sky thing. It's not working more. It's working less but more smartly. You know, as we were talking before the podcast began, I'm pretty comfortable now. And every day I thank God for that. I don't take it for granted at all. But I'm at a place where I want to work with fewer clients, but clients who want more. They want specific outcomes that are achievable, that are are organized and deliberate and time bound so that their expectations are realistic and they're tempered by being smart and organizing. So I think hustle is okay, but as long as it's within certain certain strictures of, of being organized and thought out and deliberate, knowing your local competition and knowing what you will or, or won't benefit from. When I taught workshops, I remember I tried some and nobody came. And I ended up. Oh, I was there before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I learned that the more sensationalistic sounding I made the title, the more people would come. Then I learned that if I scheduled it on a weekend, a Saturday afternoon on a holiday weekend, I could literally fill almost any conference room. And um, that was how I learned to, you know, to start packing these rooms and make more in a conference or boot camp than I could, you know, working for a couple of weeks at an agency. But you don't quit that job because that's your bread and butter. So, yeah, you have to learn through trial and error and then learn as you grow. Hustle is good, but only with the structure. You know, it's like this quote that I love very much from Henry David Thoreau, who wrote Walden. And he said, build your castles in the air for that is where they belong. Now put your foundation beneath them. I love it. I think it's great. And, you know, I think there's a time and a place for everything. And I think one of the things that I don't think we you know, mention in entrepreneurship a, a lot and well, especially in the business world a lot is just, you know, you know, how am I feeling about this right now? What, like you mentioned something earlier and the thought come to my head that you were you were on a roll. So I was like, yeah, I was like cheering on the inside. So I don't want to interrupt you. But a lot of this, I think, traces back to our purpose. Right. As humans, we are constantly just seeking purpose and value. So, yeah. I mean, I think that that is a big like reason. Our, our why is why we started our business. And you mentioned um, even, you know, promising your wife that, you, that, you know, all you know what your life would look like. You know, that's a big purpose. That's a big why. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, that purpose was, I mean, you're talking about different purposes on a, on a multiple, you know, on multiple mm-hmm. levels, really. I mean, my higher purpose was doing meaningful work that I enjoyed, but that I also felt very capable of executing. So I knew that I was good at what I did because I had done it for decades at that point. And, you know, I felt, you know, the, hey, the work I'm doing is 
much greater, more personalized, much more care and attention is put into it than the majority of what else I was seeing around me and what I was hearing from all these business owners. So I knew that I could do good quality work and deliver specific outcomes. So now it's, okay, how do I communicate that to the potential client, but also get them to meet me halfway across the street where they can be clear about what their goals are and set realistic goals and expectations. So we're doing more than creating just a template. We're using this medium that everybody takes for granted now to help you exponentially grow a business using all these different tools and, and mediums. And yeah, as far as, you know, my wife, I, like I said, that was non-negotiable. So it wasn't an option of just saying, well, I tried and it didn't work. Maybe one thing you tried doesn't work, but you don't have the option of laying on the couch and, you know, watching general hospital or something. That's not an option. So, you know, and even then it's like, once the money is in the bank, you can't rest because you've got to make sure that that keeps going at a regular recurring rotating basis, just like yeah. digital marketing. What we were saying before with the wheel rotates and hits on all these different cylinders with the SEO and the content and the design and the PPC and the redistribution and the branding. And it just, it keeps going. Yeah, and I think a lot, I like that you mentioned that you want your potential clients to meet you halfway there. I think that's a big part. I think in the, and they have people, to. They have to, because in the, especially in the marketing world, I have seen this myself where, you know, a client will come to you and they'll say, okay, well, I want to increase my online web sales or whatever the case may be. But how? And, yeah, exactly. They, well, they look at it like an ATM machine. They're like, oh, well, I'm going to put X amount of dollars into it and then I can just stand there on the other side like this, right? waiting for it to come. And, you know, I think it takes a while for them to understand that you do you, there's work that you have to do. Yes. There's things that can be created. There's experts like yourself that does great with SEO, does great with websites, but they they have skin in the game. They need to have skin in the game. Right. There was, uh, there's, a, there's a story that's a really good example of this. And I'll try to tell it very quickly. There was a lawyer who I uh, consulted with a long time ago and he was very nice, gregarious, man. And he said, well, okay, I have a website, but I'm not getting any phone calls or emails through the website. I'm trying to grow my legal practice and nobody is contacting me at all. I said, okay, I'll take a look at the website. Well, he had a free do-it-yourselfer template website. No real surprise there. He had one photo of himself and the photo of himself, he looked very stern like this you know, like he just got his tax returns and there's like a shadow over his face. He looks very serious, very intimidating. Most people, when you go to a lawyer, you're already in dire straits. You're kind of scared what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. He had almost no content at all. There were no blog posts, no videos. There was no branding to make him stick out. His website had no SEO, so no way to, to find him locally unless you knew the, the specific website to go to. And anyway, long story short, after talking to him several times and digging, I found out that the lawyer was still a partner at a very large extremely large, very, very profitable old school law firm. And 
they didn't have a website at all. So because they were such an old established law firm, they got all their clients through referrals and people who use the phone book. And I guess there are still people in the world who do that. And they probably billboards too. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, he was already working at this large major law firm. He didn't really need to get people referred to his website. So he was willing to do whatever was free and whatever was quick and easy for him. But when it required hard work, organization, commitment, he didn't have the interest. And why should he? He's got the major law firm that's already giving him the beautiful home, the the, the sports car, and you know the four hundred one k and everything. So his heart really wasn't in it. And after talking to him several times, I just told him, I said, here are my technical recommendations that you get a professional website, you get someone to help you write at least 30 blog posts, get local SEO so you can attract more of the right clients for you, set up uh, automated appointment scheduling and and so on. And I knew he would never do it. But I just told him, Did these, this is what I recommend. And after that, have a nice day. And I checked the website like six months later and it hadn't changed one little bit. No, and I, you know, like he, he probably didn't feel the need to do that you know he probably didn't feel the need that that was going to change his life and i think that's what keeps a lot he had no motivation no there was no motivation it wasn't going to you know the 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 purpose of why he became an attorney who knows but he was fulfilling that every day anyway the purpose for having the website i think it to me it sounds to me like he was just checking off the box of what he thought he should be doing but when it came down to it was putting the ball in his court to where he had to put some effort more into, he was like, ah, I'm good. And I think that's where a lot of people are. And I think for people that are listening, I think that's an important story because you need to ask yourself whether you're, you know, um, an entrepreneur or you own a business uh, with employees, the case is still the same. You know, you have to have skin in the game. You have to, you know, be willing to do your part. It doesn't matter what expert that you hire in to come into your company, it doesn't matter how amazing they are. If you're not doing your part, you're only going to get halfway there. So I, I love this conversation today. And I love that you're kind of throwing out there and calling all of us. Because, I mean, I'm not perfect either. <laughs> None of us no, are. no one is. <laughs> no one is. All you can do is just try to be as honest and oh. be as transparent as you can. So I, I just, I believe in being very forthcoming with people and giving them all the information. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very blessed that I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to chase after clients every day like oh. I did before. So if they don't want to work with me, that's fine. You know, good luck. Um, but I think it's really important that people have full information because there's so much disinformation online now, uh, with, you know, whether it's a blog post or, or what have you that will tell people someone's opinion or, or, or some information, but the information isn't in context or the information isn't complete. So the person reading it may not understand everything or may misunderstand what they're they're reading. Absolutely. I, I do want to ask you. Um, sure, if, ask if me some, anything. If somebody is interested maybe in you taking a look at their site to figure out if they need to do something, do you do consultations? Sure. How does that work? Sure. Yeah. They, they go to dms.blue. And there's a link there to schedule a free consultation. I keep it between 15 and 30 minutes primarily 
to answer initial questions and see if we're a good fit for each other. And if they think that, yes, you know, we could be a good fit together, then there's other choices. They could hire me to be a digital marketing consultant. We could talk on video like you and I are doing now. And we can take things from there. I have different, all kinds of packages and, and different deals. That's awesome. And I, I love that. So I'll make sure that in the show notes, there's a link to David's website. And can you also mention to people uh, the title of your book and maybe where they can get that if they're interested in learning more about that? Absolutely. Yeah, my book is called The Road to Digital Marketing Profits. And uh, make sure you get it from Amazon. Uh, because I update it fairly regularly. I'm actually in the process of updating it again, because there's always more that I want to add. There's infographics I want to include. There's more links. There's just more I want to add all the time. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying don't get it, but buy it through Amazon. That way you'll get the latest edition. Whereas Barnes and Noble and Walmart may carry it as well, but I don't know for sure if they're going to have the latest edition. That's a great advice. And I mean, in the world of, uh, well, all the, the world in general, it's always growing and changing. The world of digital marketing, I feel like it changes on a daily basis. So I think that's yeah. amazing that you're keeping that updated. So I'll make sure for everybody that is listening that the link to David's website will be in the show notes, as well as the link to be able to get his book. I'm actually going to get that as well. And um, I love uh, reading books um, anyway. And I love reading books of people that I've talked to. It, it, it brings it to life more because once we've kind of had a conversation, I get to know kind of your personality and how you think about things. And then I read your book. It kind of brings it all to life. So I really, really appreciate you being on here today. It's been amazing. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate your time. Um, you know, I'd love to answer more questions if there's listeners or watchers who have more questions and really want to dig down deep. You know, can they submit them uh, to you, Maria? I yeah. don't know. I'd be, I'd be happy Absolutely. to come back and dig deep and answer questions. You know, I, I, like I said, I really want everybody to have as much information as, as they could want. Absolutely. And there's sometimes that we do little um, kind of marketing short webinars to just give information and people join in to watch questions. We do that on a regular basis off and on anyway, because like we said, it is such a vast spectrum that there's so much information. And even when you're in the industry, I'm constantly learning things from other people that are also yeah. in that industry. It's, it's great. I love collaboration. I love, you know, learning from people. I think it would be great to have you back on here. And um, for all of you also that are watching this live or the replay, first of all, if you're watching replay, go ahead and hashtag replay. My team's been asking me to have you all do that. That way we can see how many people are catching the replay. And also we will be back again live next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern time with another episode of Successfully Chaotic. And I thank everybody for hanging